This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome into the Hoist of Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo, back with another recruiting edition of the Hoist of Colors podcast as the Pirates have picked up a new offensive line commitment from the transfer portal in the form of Ben Johnson from Marist College. We will get into what Ben brings to the program, take a look at how he fits into the depth chart, also hit on some other items on the recruiting front. And, uh, you know, it's been quite a while since we did a podcast. Uh, It's been a pretty slow time in terms of VCU athletics, not a ton going on outside of really recruiting on the football front and also on the basketball front. Unfortunately, there just hasn't been much positive things to talk about with the basketball losses adding up. Four consecutive losses heading into tonight's matchup against the Temple Owls as the Pirates look to get off the schneid there. And, you know, it's just been a tough time for Joe Dooley's club. But still nine regular season games left, a lot to play for as they sit at 11-9 and nine, heading into the matchup against Temple. So we might hit on more on that in the coming weeks. And then as baseball season continues to fly closer to us, as we sit here on February 2nd, recording this on Wednesday afternoon, we're going to have our annual preseason podcast. Not sure who's going to join me yet, either Jonathan Wagner or one of our other interns, maybe multiple of those guys will join us to discuss preseason expectations, you know, make our picks on pitcher of the year, player of the year, all that sort of stuff. So we'll have that coming for you in the coming weeks it's just kind of a slower time right now for ecu but spring practice will be here before you know it mid-march and we should get a schedule release from the american athletic conference fairly soon again we're in early february and i talked to a aac spokesperson in january and he told me that if all went well they hope to have the american athletic conference schedule set in stone by early february so we're getting to the point now where in the next week or two we should, knock on wood, hopefully hear something on the football schedule, and then, of course, we'll break that down as well. We already know the opponents, but then we'll know the dates. We know how it lines up. We know when the bye week is, and that's when it really becomes real in terms of looking at the next season. Of course, we know EC will open with NC State on September 3rd, 2022. All right, let's get into the addition of Ben Johnson, who is a potential starter for that game against the Wolfpack. As the Pirates have really set out into the transfer portal, like most college teams, looking to bolster their depth, their athleticism, their versatility at all positions, but especially along the offensive front. it's It's been a problem for ECU in terms of consistency ever since the arrival of Mike Houston, just in terms of the offensive line performance. And it predates Mike Houston's staff. I mean, this has been an ongoing issue for ECU. It feels like the Pirates have not really had a stable veteran offensive line until dating back to late in the rough McNeil era uh, early in the rough era there were also some solid offensive lines as Skip Holtz and, and Steve Shankler on that staff had really recruited some solid guys 
Uh, you had some really athletic tackles when Ruff first got here and some quality offensive linemen, but then there was a, a pretty big dip in the midst of his tenure and then towards the end really started to become solid again. Unfortunately, under Scotty Montgomery, the offensive line really struggled. They didn't recruit the position well enough, especially in terms of numbers. And then when Coach Houston and Steve Shankwiler returned, there just was not a lot to choose from on the offensive front. Now, they've developed some guys. They've had some veterans play who maybe weren't as athletic as some other guys in the American Athletic Conference, but they were solid leaders, and they absolutely did their best. And this past season, they got adequate play at times, but if you look at the pro football focus rankings, ECU still ranked in the bottom fourth in the country in pass blocking and run blocking. So the, the performance from the offensive front just has not been up to snuff in terms of what the Pirates are looking for. If you want to win a championship in the American you got to have at least average to above average offensive line play, and ECU has not been there quite yet. So that brings me to my point that ECU, as they hit the transfer portal this offseason, was looking at obviously upgrading several positions, wide receiver being a major need. We talked about the addition of Georgia transfer Jalen Johnson recently to help offset the loss of Tyler Sneed and the expected loss of Audie Omatosho, two starting receivers. I still think they're going to add another receiver down the line if the right fit presents itself. But the offensive line was always going to be the key additions this offseason. And they already added one in December in Parker Moore from West Virginia, former highly recruited recruit out of Mallard, Mallard Creek High School in Georgia, was a starter at West Virginia at right tackle. He transfers back to ECU with three years of eligibility remaining. So they got him in December, and that was a big deal. You get him in for January, and then the focus turns to, all right, let's get at least one more, if not two more, offensive linemen from the portal with more projected as a tackle, ideally you want somebody who can play interior offensive line. And so the Pirates recruited several of those types of players from the FCS ranks that they felt could make their transition to interior offensive line at East Carolina. And Ben Johnson was one of the earliest guys they offered. They offered others like John Paul Flores from Dartmouth. They offered a guy from UT Martin. They also offered uh, Georgetown's Mac. Hollensteiner, uh, Hollensteiner and Flores ended up at Virginia, and uh, the guy from UT Martin ended up, Shanahan, he ended up at Texas Tech, as did another uh, offensive lineman, Cade Briggs, who visited in December. So you had some guys who chose the Power 5 route, but Ben Johnson was always there with, an, with a relatively early offer after entering the portal in December. And so he was always on the board, and it was just a matter of, how, hey, can we hold off enough? maybe some other schools to get this guy on campus to show him what we're all about. And eventually he did make the trip to campus this past weekend. Uh, he had already taken visits to Ohio, to Buffalo. He was contemplating a visit to Marshall. Duke was also getting involved, but he did not have an offer from Duke. And he took the visit to East Carolina this past weekend, returned home, talked it over with his family, and made the decision to commit to East Carolina. So, uh, the Pirates get one of their longtime portal targets in Ben Johnson. Again, listed at 6'3 uh, 300 pounds is what he told me he played at this past year at Marist. Was a second team all Pioneer League uh, tackle for the Marist Red Foxes. And of course, not the strongest competition, obviously, at the FCS level in that league. But you look at how he graded out some of his performances, some of his athleticism, and the fact that he played left tackle this entire past year, which is typically the hardest position on the offensive line to play. <clears throat> and the Pirates feel that his frame, his style, will transition well to interior offensive line, whether it be guard or center. 
and he should be a guy that could come in and compete for a starting position on the interior offensive line. Uh, per Pro Football Focus, in 2019, Ben Johnson had a 71.4 offensive grade, which is well above average. For those who don't follow Pro Football Focus, they grade guys on a scale of 0 to 100, and 60 is considered average. Anything above 60 is good. If you get in the 70 and above range, you're in the really good territory. If you get in the 80 and above range, you're really in that elite territory. 90 and above is elite elite. So Johnson graded out uh, well above average in in a part-time role in 2019. Then he had the 2020 season canceled due to COVID as Maris didn't play football that year. This past season, 2021, he played 555 snaps all at left tackle. He had played right tackle his entire 2019 season, so has experience playing on both sides of the line. Again, shifted over to left tackle this past season. He earned a 64.7 offensive grade. Again, uh, above average offensive grade, the highest graded Marist offensive lineman. For comparison's sake, he would have been, I think, the second highest graded ECU offensive lineman with that grade this past season. Only Fernando Fry, who has moved on, former starting guard, graded out higher with a 67. He had a lot of the offensive linemen at ECU this past season grade out in the 50s or low 60s. So Johnson, just from a numerical standpoint, obviously, again, against lesser competition, held his own. He was a better pass blocker by PFF's metrics than run blocker, 69.3 versus 61.9. And again, very athletic tackle that should transition well inside and then that should I think play better to his strengths as a as a player and as a blocker as you know when you're on the perimeter you really have to be able to handle a lot of uh, athletic defensive ends a lot of specialists pass rushing specialists and when you're on when you're at guard it's just a little bit easier to handle um, some of the defensive linemen and I think he should be able to run block better on the interior, but he should help out ECU's pass blocking for sure on the interior, which was a major issue at times last season. You know, you look at the depth chart right now, kind of projected depth chart heading into 2022. You lose Sean Bailey, six-year senior. You lose Fernando Fry, who's been in college seven years. He's a multiple-year starter. Both those guys were at least part-time starters, full-time starters, however you want to kind of view it. They were significant players along the offensive front. Now you plug in a guy like Ben Johnson to replace at least one of those guys. You have a third-year offensive lineman in Isaiah Foote who's starting to progress in the program, should be in a position to compete now. You return center Avery Jones, who will be going into his third year as a starting offensive lineman, his second year as a starting center. You also return Nashad Strother, who has spent the last two years starting between tackle and guard. He spent this past year at guard. So... You know, all of a sudden you feel a lot better about the interior depth with the addition of Ben Johnson. Hopefully the progression of Foot, the return of Jones, the return of Strother at tackle. All of a sudden you have some depth there now with Parker Moore. Uh, Rob Vanderlyn and Bailey Malavik are both coming off injuries, but they will be back or projected to be back at 100% by next season. We'll see how their rehab goes this offseason. Um, but you also return Noah Henderson, who dealt with a back injury this past season but gutted it through. So... You know, you got four tackles there, counting more. You got at least four or five interior linemen you kind of expect to contribute. And then they're also in the mix for another 
grad transfer offensive lineman who would likely play on the interior in Justin Red from Norfolk State. We'll talk more about him in a minute, but he visited along with Johnson this past weekend. So, you know, Johnson will will at least be in the rotation, I feel like. I mean, I think that's a, a confident statement if, if he's healthy. He's you know, going to be – he's not one of the bigger – Offensive line and ECU is going to have, but he's going to be one of the more athletic, one of the more experienced guys, and I expect him to, to be ready to play um, right away. He's going to get in this summer. We'll acclimate quickly. He's a smart guy, good upside. He'll understand what's going on rather quickly, and I think he'll make a, a significant impact. And the way Steve Shankweiler rotates his offensive linemen, it's not like most schools where, hey, they have five offensive linemen and they play those guys the entire game. Shank is not afraid to split reps between guard and tackle or taking a shot Strother, use him at left guard also use him at left tackle or right tackle to spell henderson so more times than not over the course of a game shankweiler's playing six or seven offensive linemen um and definitely over the course of a whole season you're going to need at least eight to ten guys realistically to get through so i think johnson's a critical add not only for the immediate future but then he's got an extra year of eligibility remaining as well as he comes with two years as a grand grad transfer from Marist. Really got to know Ben uh, pretty well over the recruiting process. Interviewed him, talked with him multiple times. Down to earth guy, great personality. Um, he sent me a text. He's fired up to be to be here. Greenville's home, and I really think he's going to relish the opportunity. People can say, "Oh, why are we recruiting an offensive lineman from Marist? You know, does this guy really make us better?" You know, you can never have enough offensive linemen. You can never have enough quality guys that can move their feet and move people up front. You know, for me, yeah, size is important, but you got to have guys who are athletic, who can get out in space and block, who don't get beat off the snap immediately like we've seen so many ECU offensive linemen over the past decade do. And I think Johnson is an upgrade. I think he's, uh, you know, at minimum much-needed depth, and I think he's for sure a potential starter heading into next season and could be a guy to watch going forward for sure on the offensive line starting this summer. All right, so there's your quick update on Ben Johnson. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll assess what's next for ECU in the transfer portal. We'll also talk about the uh, addition of the new director of player personnel, Justin Anderson, what that means for uh, the Pirates on the recruiting front and more. You're listening to the Hoist of Colors podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Hoist Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo, rolling right along on this edition, recruiting edition, recruiting update edition. It is technically signing day. I don't know what East Carolina is going to do from an announcement standpoint. I get the feeling there's not really 
going to be any big announcements um, as it stands as far as recruiting and whatnot, but I think it's a situation where these guys are going to going to just announce their commitments on social media and then kind of show up. Uh, maybe they'll be announced down the line. I don't know the official paperwork on that or whatnot, but the main thing is they're committed. If they announce their commitment, they're pretty much locked up uh, more times than not, but they'll be here this summer. So we talked about Ben Johnson. ECU also added a long snapper from South Carolina who will come in compete with uh, the North Carolina transfer. And so that'll be a, a competition to watch after the loss of Slade Roy earlier this offseason. He was a long snapper that transferred to LSU. But going forward in the portal, East Carolina right now has added a handful of guys, most of them already in the program. The Pirates pick up the commitment of Ben Johnson. Now they await the decision of Justin Red, another offensive lineman transfer from Norfolk State. Similar grades to what Ben Johnson posted at Marist, but actually a tick better and has more size at 6'5", 315. He's kind of a you know, a very athletic, big, physical guy. The, the biggest difference with Justin is he's got one year of eligibility remaining versus Ben, who had two, um, which can be seen as, you know, not as advantageous, but still would come out of position of need, has played guard at a all-conference level for the last couple of seasons. This past year earned a 68.8 overall offensive grade from pro football focus, graded out above average as a run blocker and a pass blocker, spent 707 snaps at right guard, and has played 1,158 snaps at the FCS level at right guard. So, again, a guy making a jump to the FBS level, or looking to, he's got several uh, group of five offers as well, uh, but it looks like ECU, I would term as the leader in the clubhouse, although no official decision has been made as of 1237, PM on this Wednesday afternoon, but I feel pretty good about it. And if you can get Red along with Johnson, along with Moore, and what's returning on the offensive line, I think you have to feel pretty good about that unit, at least the depth and the numbers of it. Because ECU has lost so many guys to injuries on the offensive front the last few years. You you need at least eight, if not nine or ten, guys that you feel good about to survive the course of a season. We've just seen that play out. If you only have five or six guys you feel good about. Well, good luck. You're going to be in trouble come the second or third game of the season, or hell, even the second series of the season, as we saw with the injury to Bailey Malavik against Appalachian State this past year. So I'm all for it, man. Take as many quality offensive linemen as you can get. Guard, tackle, I don't care. As long as they can play, they can suit up in the purple and gold if I'm ECU. So uh, if you want this offense to take the next step, you've got to get more consistent up front. You've got to be able to overcome some injuries up front. And right now, with a couple additions and maybe the addition of red, you can potentially do that. As I touched on earlier, I still expect the Pirates to look into the receiver transfer portal market. I think there's still an opportunity to add there. There's also on the defensive side, you know, I think you add the best player available if one proper fit presents itself. Inside linebacker, still a bit of a concern in terms of experience with the loss of Ram Sewer and also the loss of Bruce Bibbins. They almost had Eric Gilliard from UCF. He opted instead to go to Kansas in December, which was a loss, but they are looking at some other inside linebackers, but they're not just going to take anybody. The same applies to edge rusher. They have added one experienced guy in Jack Powers from Nevada. He's in for this semester, but if you can add another lengthy 
pure pass rush guy, maybe you make that move as well. And then corner, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the loss of Jaquan McMillan. I know they feel pretty good about what's on the roster on the defensive backfield, but it might be a case where they go through spring ball, really assess, hey, is this guy ready for this role? Is this guy ready for that role? And then make a call on whether they bring in somebody from the outside at corner. So I, I still think you'll see some movement both to and from the roster. You're going to see another wave of transfers after spring ball, in my opinion. Uh, it's just going to be a deal where it's an ever-evolving roster churn across college football, and that's just the way it is. That's that's how it is now with the portal. You're going to have guys at the bottom of your roster leaving, and you're going to have guys uh, coming in to hopefully make a bigger impact. That's just kind of the way it is with college football. It's a uh, crazy business, I can tell you that. On the recruiting front, the Pirates made a, a big hire in a new director of player personnel and recruiting Justin Anderson. He comes over from the University of Virginia, and I've talked to a few people at Virginia, nothing but good things to say about Justin. He, of course, was with Bronco Mendenhall at BYU and Virginia. So, you know, there will be a natural adjustment period. Recruiting at East Carolina is different from recruiting at Virginia and certainly different from recruiting at BYU. But his attention to detail, his organization, communication skills have all been praised by people I've talked to at UVA. I got a couple of really good friends that cover UVA uh, in particular, so or have covered UVA, and they say nothing but good things about Justin. So I think he'll do a very good job replacing uh, Derek Miller, who's now at Duke, the former director of player personnel, and of course the staff. The staff continuity is crucial because you have the majority of the coaching staff back. And the other big thing, I don't know if we've really talked about it on this podcast yet, but the the hire of Raekwon Boyette, the new receivers coach, I think is critical for the state of North Carolina in terms of ECU recruiting it. The Pirates have to do a better job, in my estimation, of getting some of those borderline top 25 caliber players in the state. And I think with Coach Boyette, who's been at Duke, you know, obviously a Duke grad, was a player there has been an assistant under Cutcliffe for the better part of a decade. He's got connections all over the state. He's a Wilson, North Carolina guy, so he's got connections in Eastern North Carolina. He's got connections in the Triangle. I really think, and I've already seen several 2023 prospects that have kind of praised his communication skills, and I think Coach Boyette, along with Chris Foster, Trip Weaver, some of the better recruiters on staff, Blake Harrell, I think this is going to be a very recruit, very good recruiting staff especially with the addition of Coach Boyette. It was a big weekend this past week, not only, of course, for the official visitors like Ben Johnson, Justin Red, but several 2023 key prospects were on campus. We've caught up with a lot of those guys on hoistacolors.net, had a ton of good feedback. Um, just a few names, you know, Brandon Palmer of Huff High School in the Charlotte area, Aaron Herring running back from New Bern, Quayshawn Brown, slot receiver from East Forsyth. A couple of really important guys who were on campus this past weekend. Bryce Weaver from D.H. Conley ends up leaving with his first FBS offer. So a local kid uh, who gets an important offer. We've got stories with all those guys. Another guy who's on campus who's actually in the 2024 class, um, Crumpler, Isaiah Crumpler, who's the son of Carlester Crumpler, teammate of Bryce Weaver at D.H. Conley. He's a 2024 uh, athlete the Pirates have already offered. So uh, we got a ton of recruiting content on hoistacolors.net. There was a number of guys from Alatoona High School in Georgia, a linebacker and two edge rushers. 
that we've caught up with and done stories on. We've also talked to some other guys who were on campus as well. So a lot of great stuff, a lot of great offers going out for the 2023 class that we've hit on as well. Um, tons of offers in the state of Georgia, and it'll be important for ECU to continue to get those guys on campus because uh, there's not many better states than Georgia to recruit in, uh, especially in the southeast. Of course, Florida's up there, North Carolina's good, but Georgia is stacked with talent each and every year this year. No difference. So no commitments yet for ECU's 2023 class. I have submitted a crystal ball prediction for Bryce Weaver, the D.H. Conley offensive lineman. You know, he may wait a little bit before announcing his commitment, but I feel very good based on every conversation I've had. Of course, I went to Conley, know a lot of people there. Uh, I think he's a big Pirate fan. I think he'll eventually be a Pirate. So lots to uh, talk about in the coming months with the 2023 class as those commitments roll in. Right now, we're just kind of doing a lot of content to cover the initial offers going out, the top targets, all that sort of stuff, which will continue to roll out in the coming weeks and months. All right, that'll do it for the podcast, guys. Uh, Again, just want to do a quick update on where the recruiting stands with the addition of Ben Johnson, grad transfer from Marist. Also, if you're listening on Wednesday and it's not midnight yet and you're not a member, take advantage before midnight strikes. 60% off an annual subscription to Hoist the Colors. And just think about it. You know, 60% off the the year-long price, which means you get access to not only all the scoops going on now, but you get spring practice coverage. You get summer recruiting when it really heaps up. You get the entire football season. You get the early part of the offseason next year. You get signing day in December next year. You get up to signing day next year of 2023. So you get an entire cycle covered at 60% off, which is a phenomenal deal. So take advantage of that if you're a listener or haven't subscribed yet. we got a ton of VIP content always on the site and on our message board lots of great conversations going on with other pirate fans so definitely join us if you haven't already for the long-term members you guys know how much you mean to the site we appreciate it as always and you can subscribe to paramount plus for free as a result of being a long-time subscriber with us all right that'll do it for the podcast appreciate you guys listening to the htc podcast i'm steven i go and we're out